This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about mouse and rat poison, what we often call rodenticides in the veterinary world. And you're probably thinking this is a gross topic, but unfortunately, I just found and caught two mice in my basement. And so this is the time of the year as autumn starts when we see mice and rats coming into the house. So a lot of people start using certain types of mouse and rat poison. And my general advice as a veterinarian is you never want to bring any type of poison into your house because there's always the high risk that your cat and dog can get into it, no matter how much you think you pet proof. I will give you the example with my own cat. I had once put some mouse and rat poison, those little green cubes, way underneath the dresser. And when I came back five minutes later, my cat had somehow reached with his super long arms and actually was batting it back and forth and playing with it on the floor. So even if you think it's in a safe place where your dog and cat can't get into it, like in the garage or in the shed, it still really poses a danger. So as a toxicologist, so as a toxicologist, I don't actually advocate for using any type of mouse or rat poison at home at all. And it's actually more humane for you to use the snap traps. And a lot of people don't like doing it. They don't want to see the mouse, but it's actually way more humane to do that. So why do we worry when your dog or cat potentially gets into mouse and rat poison? Well, to be quite honest, I see one case of mouse and rat poisoning every single day in the veterinary ER, and I end up seeing more cases during the autumn. And so I want you to be the best pet advocate for your dog or cat. And so in order to keep your dog and cat safe, and to save you a really expensive veterinary emergency bill, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the different types of mouse and rat poison that we can see. Now, you have to know there's about four different types out there, and they all have four different active ingredients. In other words, they kill by four different ways. The first one that most people are used to is really similar to Coumadin, the medication that people often say thins blood. And so Coumadin or drugs like Warfarin, these actually affect the clotting or what we call the vitamin K clotting factors in your body or your dog or cat's body. Thankfully, cats are really, really resistant to this type of rat poison, which is good because it's really difficult to treat them for it long-term wise, because you have to be able to pill your cat twice a day for 30 days. Now, these types of anticoagulant rodenticides or anticoagulant mouse and rat poisons basically cause internal bleeding. So the most common clinical signs we see when a dog gets into it, and it's often puppies that get into this, include signs of internal bleeding. So sometimes your puppy may start coughing or vomiting blood You may notice when you lift up their gum that their gums are a little bit paler than they should be. You may notice some bruising on the belly, or you may notice weird swellings on their body, and that may be because they're bleeding underneath the skin or into a joint. Sometimes we can actually see signs of difficulty breathing, and again, that's because they're bleeding into the lung. 
Very rarely we can see internal bleeding into the heart sac or even into the abdomen. So the good thing about this specific type of anticoagulant or clotting rat poison is there's an antidote and that antidote is vitamin K1. Now, this isn't the type of vitamin K you get from GNC or from the supermarket. This is a prescription type of vitamin K1. And most of the time, dogs need about four weeks worth of treatment. So this is actually my, quote, favorite type of mouse and rat poison because it's the one that has an antidote that I can treat easily. Unfortunately, by the time that dogs come in with internal bleeding, sometimes they actually need a plasma transfusion to stabilize them while we wait for the vitamin K to kick in. So again, this type of rat poison is actually really, really treatable, but it can be expensive and it can cost up to $800 to $1,500 for your dog to get a blood transfusion or plasma transfusion in the ER. So again, another good reason to keep it completely out of reach. Now, interestingly enough, the EPA or the Environmental Protection Agency, in other words, the government, has gotten rid of this type of mouse and rat poison. In other words, you're not going to see it on the shelves of Home Depot or your local hardware store anymore. And one of the reasons why was because this specific type of clotting mouse and rat poison affects birds of prey and wildlife like mountain lions. So unfortunately, because birds of prey like red-tailed hawks or eagles oftentimes will eat mice and rats that are accidentally poisoned with this, it ends up killing those birds. So we obviously don't want that to happen. So again, another reason why we don't want to use that mouse and rat poison. Now, the second type of mouse and rat poison we can see is something called cholecalciferol. And the nickname for this is vitamin D3. This is my most hated type of mouse and rat poison because it basically causes too much vitamin D in the mouse or rat or dog or cat, and it can actually cause secondary elevation in their calcium levels. You may think an elevated calcium isn't that big of a deal, but it's really, really dangerous to your dog and cat. It can actually cause secondary kidney failure because that high calcium mineralizes the kidneys and makes it really sandy and it makes them not be able to work well or filter well. This one can be really expensive to treat. And unfortunately, I actually had one case in the animal ER where their bill was $10,000 because they had two dogs, two puppies that got into it. And both of the dogs were hospitalized for about five to seven days. So again, safest thing to do is to always keep mouse and rat poison out of reach. We're gonna take a short break and then we'll talk about the two other types of mouse and rat poison that pose a danger to your dog and your cat. She was thrown out of a pickup truck. Somebody threw him out of a car and shattered his leg. They found her walking on the streets. Many have been abused, malnourished, eating garbage. Scabs, itching, licking, missing fur. There's this commercial on TV that the ASPCA does. They want you to send in $19 a month for a dog in the shelter. I think you should go and adopt a dog from the ASPCA and then get that dog on Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. You don't need to spend thousands on vet bills. Their answer is nutrition. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. When you rescue a dog, 
You've got to feed them right for life. Every rescue deserves at least 90 days of Dynovite. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynovite is nutrition. Dynovite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E oh. dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Dot com. <laughs> ER vet. What I wanted to talk about now was the remaining two types of mouse and rat poison that are really poisonous to all species out there. Now, the third type of mouse and rat poison that we worry about is something called zinc phosphide. And I really want you to pay attention to this one because it's poisonous to you too. It's poisonous to your veterinarian. You're probably thinking, how is it poisonous if my dog eats it? Why is it poisonous to me? Well, zinc phosphide, mouse and rat poison, actually causes a gas called phosphine gas to accumulate in the stomach. And when your dog vomits accidentally, or if you induce vomiting at home, then this phosphine gas can actually poison you. It causes severe migraines. It causes bronchial reactions. You may feel really nauseous. So it's really important for both pet owners and veterinary professionals to know about the dangers of zinc phosphide. If you end up inducing vomiting or your vet ends up inducing vomiting at their clinic, they always want to do it outside in a well-ventilated and safe area. More importantly, if you're driving your dog to the veterinary clinic and your dog vomits in the car, You want to make sure to safely roll down the windows or turn on the air conditioner so you don't smell or don't become affected by that phosphine gas. Thankfully, the treatment for zinc phosphide poisoning is really good. It usually includes pumping the stomach, giving charcoal to bind up the poison, treating your dog or your cat with IV fluids and anti-vomiting medication. And thankfully, most dogs go home after 12 to 24 hours. So the prognosis is excellent, but we never want to see accidental poisoning to humans from this one. The last mouse and rat poison I wanted to talk about is a really dangerous one called bromethylene. And this type of mouse and rat poison is actually becoming much more popular. So unfortunately, while they've gotten rid of mouse and rat poisons that cause internal bleeding, again, those anticoagulant rodenticides, they unfortunately have replaced it with this more dangerous one called bromethylene. And bromethylene actually causes brain swelling or what we call cerebral edema. Unfortunately, it only takes a tiny amount to result in poisoning. Even one ounce can poison a big 70-pound Labrador. So again, as soon as you see your dog get into it, you want to call either your veterinarian, your emergency veterinarian, or the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center so we can help you figure out what you need to do. And thankfully, that usually means that we're going to pump the stomach, give charcoal to bind up the poison, And then basically monitor your dog or your cat really carefully for any signs of brain swelling. So what are some signs of brain swelling that you can monitor your dog for? If they start walking drunk or they're swaying or they start having tremors or seizures or their pupils look really abnormal when you look at them in the eyes, those are signs you want to get to a vet right away. My general tips 
if your dog or cat gets into any type of mouse or rat poison, when in doubt, you can call the 1-800 number that's found on the box of poison. Because there's typically 24-hour medical advice for both humans and dogs and cats. So that's a really easy way of getting information right away. Or again, call for life-saving advice to the ASPCA, your veterinarian, or that emergency veterinarian. My little tip as a toxicologist is the sooner you notice that your dog or cat is poisoned, the sooner you bring them into the animal ER, the sooner we can treat it and the less expensive it'll be for you as a pet owner and the less dangerous it'll be for your dog or your cat. When in doubt, the safest thing you can do is to keep mice and rat poison out of your house. And again, I know it's fall. I know they're starting to come into the house more, but please consider using humane snap traps instead. It is just as inhumane for a dog, cat, mouse, or rat to go into kidney failure or to develop brain swelling or to develop internal bleeding. So as a veterinarian, I really don't like seeing any type of pet being poisoned by this. And again, consider using other ways of keeping those mice and rats out of your house. And with that, that's a wrap for today. Hopefully, you'll be able to keep those mice and rats out of your house. But when in doubt, again, please make sure to keep mouse and rat poison out of your environment. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or if you have any pet questions, email me at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, but I wanted to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.